Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Grave Plot Podcast. Well, you didn't like that one? <laughs> it's <was, it> fine. <laughs> uh, we are a member of the Pod Gods Network, podgodsnetwork.com. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. And, uh,. I don't know what I was going to say. All right. This is off to a good start. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm. It, it's weird that um, last last year around this time we were recording and I was trying to make a turkey for our Christmas party and now I'm doing the same thing. So yeah. <laughs> I'm a little tired because I bought a frozen turkey instead of a fresh one because I couldn't find one big enough. Um, and so I was dealing with thawing it on short notice. So that was fun. It smells good in here, though. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, it, it it turned out well. I mean, it's still cooking, but everything came together. Um, anyway, uh, so you want to make your your announcement before we go into horror business? Oh, sure. Um, so I, like Tony said, we are this today is December sixth, and in honor of Christmas. We are going to be giving all of you, well, two of you, a very special prize. Very special very Christmas special. present. <laughs> very special. So special you won't even believe how special it is. It's so special, guys. Uh, starting today, well, not today, today for you, which is Wednesday. Going, Wednesday, December <laughs> something or other. 10th? Uh, sounds right, yep. All right. We are going to be holding a social media contest. And all you have to do is just go to graveplotpodcast.com. You will see the entry form right there on the website. Fill that out. And uh, for our, our Christmas special, which is our ne- very next episode, each of us will be drawing a name. And two special winners will get... I keep saying special. It's, <laughs> it's, it's very special. It's very special. It's special. They'll get a of- very special free t-shirt from the grave plot podcast right and by special i mean it's the same one that anyone could buy right except you don't have to pay for it fucking free yeah we're paying for it <laughs> yeah what's better than free um I, we could pay you to wear it but we're if not you gonna. got it for free and a blowjob that would be better um so one winner will get a free t-shirt and one winner will get a free t-shirt and a blowjob from tony mm, i don't know about that <laughs> I didn't agree to that. <laughs> He's making this up. <laughs> um, you know, you're gonna have to explain the the rules to me because the way you explained it didn't make sense. Uh, so, want to elaborate a little bit? Well, you for every social network that you follow us on, you get one entry. So, if you follow us, there, there's a, that would be a maximum of four: Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram. Okay. Then, if you share the post, you get another two entries per social network. Uh, uh, okay. Um, like I said, you have to go to com, fill out the form, which basically just says, you know, what is your social network handle? So we know we can go and look and make sure that you're actually following us. Mm-hmm. And then you have to tag us in the post or else we're not going to know it's there. Right. Um, is this apply to just new followers or old ones too? Yeah, anybody. Okay. Uh, Anybody that follows us. I'm glad we limited it to two then. Because <laughs> we have a lot of followers on at least 
Twitter. Finally hit four digits. Yes. Big time. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Well, that should be fun for everyone. Yeah. Well, at least two people. Right. So go enter now. Do it. Do it. Do it now. <laughs> Come on, guys. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Hey, hey. Plus, you get to hear your name on our show hey, when that, we announce the And that's always fun. Everyone <laughs> likes to hear their name. Or at least your Twitter handle. Right. Um, all right. Well, uh, so what's new with you, Taylor? Uh, nothing. Mm. I got a haircut. I see that. That's the most exciting thing that's been going on. In my you're life. you're dressed very dapper. I been. thought this was a classy place. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to class up your party a little bit. Yeah, I'm wearing a, a, a goofy T-shirt. You got to cut the sleeves off. I thought about it, but <laughs> it's like I'm not that guy. I don't wear sleeveless shirts. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. So, uh, any any big plans for Christmas? Uh, no. Just going to my grandma's like every year. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's enough of us for this part. Horror Sh- business. Show's over. <laughs> Thanks, folks. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Okay. Um, yeah, let's do horror business. So, start off with. Uh, you might all be familiar with the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, there is going to be a new TV show on ITV, which, you know, us as Americans, I'm, we're not too familiar with, but, um, yes, it's a squeaky chair. I know. <laughs> um, I didn't think I was moving that much, but we had a big fat it's ass, telltale so. chair. <laughs> um, Yes, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde TV series. It's going to be produced by ITV, which, as I said, uh, you you uh, you Brits or you, you people in the UK Isle um, may be more familiar with it than we are, but um, it's going to be written by Charles Higson, who, again, that's someone we're not familiar with, but um, those of you that know uh, The King of the Ants and The Fast Show, uh, you may be kind of familiar with his writing. Um, it's going to be a, a, a 10 episode series. Uh, don't know if it's going to be an ongoing thing. I may I imagine it has to get at least decent ratings before they'll even talk about a second season first or series. Excuse me. Oh, that's um, right. They call seasons series. Right. Yeah. Um, 10 parts or, you know, 10 episodes. That seems pretty standard for most UK shows that I've seen. They don't typically run long seasons like oh, yeah. American shows do. Um, it's going to be action-adventure themed. What the? Are they just copying Universal here? kind of sounds like it. Um, yeah, and so ITV released a statement. I assume it's a press release of some sort. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde will focus on the young, attractive, and troubled hero, oh, Robert. <laughs> right. Robert Jekyll. Not Henry. Robert is the grandson of the original Doctor. Oh, interesting. Because Henry was too ugly, so we got to focus on the much more attractive grandson. Right. Uh, newly qualified. I don't know what that means. Straight out of med school. I 
Yeah, okay. That's kind of what I figured, but I wasn't sure. Uh, Robert is on a quest to discover his real identity, his true family history, and the nature of his curse, which is being controlled with medication by Dr. Vishal Najaran. Uh, one actor will play the lead role, transforming into Hyde in moments of extreme anger and stress, and when his or the lives of others are threatened. When it says one actor will play the lead role, does that mean both lead roles? That that's the impression I got. Except this is uh, expected to use quote huge amounts of CGI. Oh, um, good. Yeah, uh, ITV continued to say CGI will play a huge part in the transformation and subsequent superhero sequences. Hold on. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean you know we've talked before about the Marvels or not Marvel, Universal uh, monsters being more superhero-esque in their the style of movie. Um, so, yeah, this sounds right up that alley. I mean, it really sounds like they're just taking it directly. So does he, like, go into a phone booth and turn into Mr. Hyde? Or... <laughs> Give me a fucking break with this. You know, it's been a while since I've read... Uh, is it The Curious Case of... No, not uh, a strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, I haven't read it in a long time, um, but I'm fairly certain that he didn't have any kids. And was not a superhero. Right. Uh, he was more just a doctor that had a problem. <laughs> um, you know, uh, this action-adventure theme, I feel like that's something that might tend to work better in film rather than TV. I would think so. Because, um... I don't know. I mean, to start off with, you know, using CGI and TV CGI is more often than not just... Janky. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it really can't compare to, like, a high-budget film, um, obviously. So... I don't know. What do you thought? What are your thoughts? Um, I'm more interested in Dr. Pepper and Mr. Pibb at this point. Good one. <laughs> Nailed this, it. This sounds fucking stupid. It does sound fucking stupid. It was like, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde series. Okay, I'm listening. Shitloads of CGI. Less interested. Superhero. I'm out. <laughs> Done. Um, casting is underway. Uh, no word on who will be playing... Um, Dr. Jekyll. Uh, you know, for this to be his grandson, I'm putting this, like, like maybe mid-1900s. So, is this still going to be, like, kind of a period piece? Because, <laughs> I mean, to, for him to be his grandson wouldn't put it in current day, I don't think. I mean, unless they're an old family. Yeah. I really don't know. Because I mean, my, you know, I'm almost 30. You know, I would, if I had gone to medical school, theoretically I would have been graduating, or I would have already graduated by now. And, you know, my grandfather was born in the 20s, I think. So, and, you know, the the... Um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, that took place in 
you know, Victorian England. Like, right. So somebody didn't think that through. Unless this guy's, you know, like in his 40s or 50s. But for him to have just been graduating from medical school, it's pretty sad. <laughs> I don't... I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Or not. <clears throat> well, have to wait and not see. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, no word on when this is premiering, but okay. I don't know. we probably won't hear more about this. And if we don't, we won't pass it on to you. Right. take the lead on this one sure i might get a little I mean, too angry <laughs> i was gonna say you're the friday the 13th guy so we all know there's a new friday the 13th coming out next year uh-huh um in a recent interview with brad fuller recent interview from brad fuller he announced that it will not be a sequel to the 2009 movie uh-huh but it will not be a reboot well it will not be a remake uh-huh According to Fuller, we did a reboot in 2009, and now in 2014, we are focusing on a different story to Jason. There won't be a continuation of the 2009 film, nor a remake of the originals, just a different story. What the fuck does that mean? It's a parallel story? Is this an alternate universe? Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) So we're getting into, like, more superhero (laughs) bullshit, like, you know, multiple, like, the multiverse and... Like Marvel. Well, there's also a very strong rumor that it's going to take place in the 80s. Which I wouldn't be opposed to. So does that make it a prequel? Maybe, but you'd think it'd have to focus more on Pamela. You would think. You know, the the avenue that that sounds to me like they're going is they're basically... They're setting up that TV show. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That just popped into my head. Yay, Teenage Jason. That's what everyone wants to see, right? Oh, yeah. That's what I've been waiting to see my entire life. You know, because I've gotten so sick of, you know, the horror icon. Um, so, yeah, this just keeps getting worse and worse every time we hear something new about it. Yeah, it's just like a shit mountain at this point. They just keep piling it on. Well, yeah, and it's like the 2009 one was not bad. No, it, but by Platinum Dune standards, it was actually kind of good. Right. And, I mean, I don't know why you would just take that and just be like, well, well forget that happened. <laughs> Never mind that one. We're going to do something completely different now. <laughs> um, David Bruckner is going to direct. He directed uh, part of VHS, so... That should be interesting. Not really. And uh, this is supposed to come out November 13th, 2015, which is a Friday, of course. Naturally. Because we would be too stupid to understand if it didn't come out on Friday the 13th, right? Right. Oh. Got it. (laughs) What if they just put it out on some random Friday or some random 13th day of a month? (laughs) What if it was neither? This comes out Wednesday, October 22nd. What? <laughs> I don't understand. This is bullshit. Um, so, anyways, fuck Michael Bay. Yeah, it's funny that, you know, they say this is November 13th, 2015. Um, I don't 
think that's happening. <laughs> I find that extremely unlikely because, to my knowledge, they don't have a script. They don't have an actors. Nothing. And for the movie to be coming out in November, so, you know, a year from now, they need to start, like, in the next couple of months. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll fast track it. I don't know. Eh, fuck them. Here's hoping this movie never comes out. Mm. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with my friends. And I can't wait to get on the road again. On the road again. Yeah, a lot of Stephen King related news lately. He's a busy man. No kidding. I mean, it's not even necessarily all him. It's just, you know, adaptations of his work. I mean, then also, you know, his new work. Just yeah. lots of shit going on for him. Speaking that- of which, this is not the story, but uh, It, actually the first It, because it's going to be two movies, right. is set to start filming spring of 2015. Yay! Hey. Do they have a cast yet? I don't think so. All right. Um, so, uh, those of you that are Stephen King fans might be familiar with the Dark Tower series. It was a, uh, a book trilogy. Um, or no, no, it was more than that. God damn it! Now I sound like an asshole. Uh, it was. And se- look like one too. <laughs> Thanks. Um, anyway, Dark Tower was a book series by Stephen King, um, and they've been working on. To my knowledge, the going back as far as I can remember uh, hearing about this. They were developing a TV show. It was going to be directed and developed by Ron Howard, which is good, because that guy's a fucking pro. Um, In case you don't know, that's Clint Howard's brother. Right. You know, the world-famous Clint Howard. From Ice Cream Man. Yeah. (laughs) Ron Howard was also Opie. Truth. For those of you who didn't know. Um, So... Uh, this has been in development hell for seems Ever. like yeah, like a long time, like more than five years, if I'm if I'm remembering right. Um, but it seems that there might be some movement on it. Like, seems like the wheels might be starting to turn. Um, it sounds like what they're planning to do now is do a movie or movies along with kind of a companion TV series to go along with it. Um, uh, they're planning a film tri- uh, yeah, film trilogy uh, and multi-season television series, um, which is being rumored to be a Netflix original, which I think is probably the perfect place for it. That's pretty good. Because that's some, especially people that are, you know, Dark Tower fans. You know, I think a lot of people could be Dark Tower fans and not even necessarily Stephen King fans. Um, you know that's that's something that people are going to want to just binge watch. You know, so, yeah. Um, Stephen King was doing an interview with MTV and said uh, the idea of using the front story as a theatrical tentpole and using the backstory of when the characters are a little bit younger as a TV thing to be able to shoot both at the same time and use these big sets for TV. It's a very innovative idea. It took me thirty five, thirty six years to write The Dark Tower. As for the movie, sooner or later it'll show up. So, 
That's a long ass time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this has been ongoing, you know, obviously longer than either of us have been alive. I know my dad was a pretty big fan of the Dark Tower. He actually talked about it a little bit on our Stephen King episode. Um, hopefully that wasn't one of the parts that got cut out. Because <laughs> he was, he talked about how um, the Stephen King universe essentially kind of almost wraps around the Dark Tower because the Dark Tower takes place in this universe where the Dark Tower is kind of like a central hub for all the universes and all the dimensions in existence. Um, And there are connections and references to his other books, not only in the Dark Tower, but references to the Dark Tower in those books. So, I mean, I think my dad talked about how the possibility that there's there's hinting and a, and a possibility that um, Randall Flagg and Pennywise could essentially be the same entity. Because Randall Flagg actually is a character in the Dark Tower. It's very... It, it sounds kind of convoluted. All, all that's running through my head right now is... Marvel style universe crossover. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was doing it before it was cool. Um, no, it, it, it's very creative, and I mean, for him to have, like you said, thirty five or thirty six years he's been doing this, for him to have woven these things so so well, um, it's very interesting. And like to get really up on it, you got to be just a Stephen King nut, like my dad. I mean, when you Read when you delve that deeply into Stephen King's work, then you kind of know the ins and outs of it pretty well. But, um, but yeah, for there to be all those connections in not only the series in itself, but to other books you know, referencing Dark Tower, it's it's, it's really interesting and, and creative. And yeah, anyway, <laughs> um, there is not necessarily even a rumor, but I mean, I think it's pretty. pretty public news that Aaron Paul uh, who played Jesse in Breaking Bad obviously um, has been meeting with Ron Howard about playing Eddie Dean Uh, Eddie Dean was a um, is a gunslinger in the Dark Tower he's an ex-heroin addict so kind of right up his alley Um, so he's being typecast (laughs) it essentially sounds that way yeah but you know we know that he can do it you know play an ex-addict um, and I guess he did an interview with Ain't It Cool saying, I've had a ton of meetings on that. I assume re- referencing playing Eddie. Uh, I just had a general sit down with Ron Howard, who's a huge fan of Breaking Bad, which is such a crazy thing to even think that Ron Howard even knows who I am. They're definitely planning on making it. I'm excited. Bitch. <laughs> uh, it also sounds like Liam Neeson is uh, rumored to have some interest in playing a role in uh, Deshane, um, who's the main character in The Dark Tower. Uh, I feel like Liam Neeson is becoming one of those actors that's in everything. <laughs> like Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, he's like, he's the new Samuel L. Jackson. Right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm excited about this, should it come to pass. I mean, especially if we got people like Liam Neeson and, and Aaron Paul playing lead roles that could be pretty exciting and Samuel L. Jackson right just have to assume (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, 
So yeah, um, we'll be on the lookout for this. Um, at least you know I'm going to keep an eye on it because I would like to see this happen. So we'll keep you posted. I just moved in my new house today. Moving was hard, but I got squared away. Bell started ringing and changed red loud. So as we've discussed before, the next paranormal activity movie will be called The Ghost Dimension. But it may well as it may as well be called The Third Dimension. Hey. Yeah! <laughs> because it's going to be in 3D. Right. Because of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Um because it's found footage? <laughs> right. Um, it's going to be post-converted, which means someone found this footage, then turned it into 3D <laughs> before releasing it to the public. Right. Um, I don't get it. Why Why would you do this? And, you know, I've, I've read people, basically people saying this exact, exact thing. It's like, how do you, why would a found footage film be in 3D? And it's like, well, there people make 3D cameras now. Maybe somebody has a 3D camera. It's like, but it's being post-converted. It's not being filmed in 3D. Well, sure. You can't say it was a 3D camera if it's being fucking post-converted. Well, they could say it was 3D camera. They could say whatever the fuck they want. But, yeah. um, but it's like, who the fuck is going to film a whole movie on a 3D camera? Fucking idiots. Sure, yeah. Um, Katie Featherston, probably. <laughs> no, she'll just be in it for two minutes at, at the end of the movie. Um, this is gotten out of hand paramount man is they're just fucking up yeah <laughs> uh it's going to be released on march 13th 2015 which as you all know is a friday right <laughs> it was the original release date of friday the 13th but then paramount went hey we don't have anything yet so let's kick it back <laughs> um and, and this movie's only going to take a weekend to film. Right. So just bang this one out. The mo- I think converting it to 3D will take longer than it did to film the fucking I don't thing. doubt that for a second. What what is left? Where I, does it go? I don't know. And who is left to care? <laughs> uh people that are still suckers for found footage, I guess. Cuz I can tell you who doesn't care. This guy. <laughs> Um, I don't fucking know. I don't know why they would do this. I mean, the series has run its course. I mean, there's no question about that. Um, part one is good. Part three is decent. Then there's a huge gap. And then there's all the other movies <laughs> down in the hallows. In the poop. Yeah. Poopy. Yeah. It's okay. swimming in shit. <laughs> See, I thought, I thought the first one was good at the time. I've grown quite sick of it. It doesn't have a strong rewatchability. No. Um, it, it. I think I've mentioned this before, but it's kind of like Blair Witch, where at the time, because it was that found footage, and it's like, while well, Blair Witch was like <clears throat> kind of like the first to do that. Um, it didn't really catch on, and then there was paranormal activity, and now found footage is fucking huge. Right. 
Um, but it's like you see these things on what's presumably real footage, and it's just like, wow, well, what the fuck was going on here? I mean, it's like you you kind of know in your head that this is fake, but it's like, well, but it's on real real film, man. I mean, like this is like a home video here. Well, so, and like Paranormal Activity, uh, the first one, the thing that made it so successful is that it wasn't like super in your face, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just like little creepy things. That's like some people didn't like it because of that, but it's like you have ADD and need pills. Yeah. Yeah. It's like people who didn't like it initially. Go watch fucking World War Z and stay out of my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it got blasted a lot by a lot of people because it didn't have. Like in your face, like monsters and right. Like, I don't know. That's bullshit. But my point was, is first one was good. I liked the second one to an extent. Second uh, one's not like it's it's not as bad as four and five or this is five, but uh, four well, at least four and five. I mean, <laughs> come on, let's be real. Um, but yeah, I I think I liked the second one better than the third one personally. Really. Yeah, the third one was the prequel, right? When they were little girls, right? Yeah. Oh, see, I like that one better. It seemed a little convoluted to me. Yeah, well, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, just it seemed like they're creating this backstory that wasn't originally there. See, I didn't like two because I like the original ending of the first one, which doesn't lead to a part two. So, right. I mean, you could tell that this wasn't supposed to have a sequel. Yeah. Anyway, this is some bullshit. Yeah. Who the fuck cares, really? Not me. Am I wrong, or have we been talking about the crow a lot? Kind of a lot. Okay. It's just, I mean, we've been talking about a remake for, seems like forever now, but it seems like a lot of news has been happening lately, or maybe it was just in my head. Maybe I'm just I think you're right. No, yeah. Okay. Um, well, as a lot of you probably know, th- there is being a, a remake of The Crow, and maybe a remake isn't really the proper... Who knows these it. days? Well, I think this one might actually qualify as a reboot because it's not, they're not remaking the original film. They're taking directly from the comic. So is it a reimagining? Readaptation? That was a new one I just heard today. <laughs> Everybody's got to have a fancy new word to, that puts them in. Reboot. <laughs> sequel. Um, anyway. Uh, so yeah, the news as far as we knew it was that making a crow remake uh luke evans is supposed to be starring as eric draven um and they're supposed to start production in the spring of 2015 um well f javier gutierrez was the most recent director seemed like he was on board for a little while but it sounds like he has recently backed out uh, I'm, I'm getting the impression he was never actually signed on 
Um, he was always kind of credited as, as being attached, quote. Um, but it appears that he is backed out because he has officially signed on as the director for the new Ring movie. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know, that was one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, they're going to make another Ring movie. We'll see if that ever actually happens. But no, it sounds like it actually is. And it's like, ah, oh, fuck. As if the first ones weren't bad enough. Why would you do that? Uh, I don't know. But um, they have hired a new director. Uh, his name is Corin Hardy. Um, he has no previously made features to his credit. Uh, he's currently filming his first feature, which is called The Hollow, or The Hallow. Um which is actually it's supposed to be released next year sometime. Um, he is a music video director. He's oh, done Christ. <laughs> he's done videos for Prodigy, Ed Sheeran, and Keen, and you know others. But those are the ones that I ever actually heard of. Um, I can only think of one music video director that's actually made good movies. That's Spike Jones. Yeah, but then you got like McGee. And that asshole who made Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's Joe Lynch. He got his start in music videos. Oh, uh, did he? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, wrong, two su- wrong Turn 2 sucked. I haven't seen Nights of Bad Aston, but, you know, apparently that's not really his movie anymore. I'm yeah. anxious to see Everly. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's not really a horror movie, it didn't sound like, but... Wait a minute, this guy was recommended to the producer by Edgar Wright? Yeah. Okay, now I'm interested. Right. Yeah, that's that's his one one his one saving grace, that to be personally recommended by Edgar Wright, who, you know, we both admire as a director. Um, that's a pretty big deal, at least in my book. Yeah. So um, Corn Hardy is the fourth director on this. Yeah. Uh first was Stephen Norrington, then Juan Carlos Fresnadillo, and then of course F. Javier Gutierrez. So, uh, this is not looking good. Right. <laughs> um, and you discovered something right before we started recording. Yeah, that uh, it's it's quite possible that Luke Evans could be dropping out of the project as well. I don't have the, the quote in front of me, but he, he basically said, um, I'm tired of waiting, yeah. and if they don't start making this movie, I'm going to go do something else. Yeah, it's like I, other shit I could be doing. Yeah. You know, I'm not, not going to put my career on hold. Right. It's like, I don't care about The Crow that much. Yeah. <laughs> but this is supposed to start production in spring of 2015. So I don't know if that's soon enough for Mr. Evans or not, but... We'll see. I mean... Otherwise, I, I, Edward Furlong is ready to... <laughs> <laughs> I imagine he's... I, actually, I, I don't know if he's actually on contract or not, because they might have him. I mean, I'm sure if he is on contract, there's probably something in his contract that says if production doesn't start by such and such date, then he backs out. But, uh, you know, if that, if that's not in his contract, then he might be kind of fucked. <laughs> that's true. Um, anyway, so we'll play this by ear. Since we've been reporting on it so much lately, I'm sure we'll have the next story for you. When, when we have the new director. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when they call one of us to come and direct it. Oh, right. He did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. 
It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east. So earlier we talked about the ridiculousness that is the Universal Monsters universe and the crossover and the action adventure and all the other stupid bullshit they're trying to do. Right. Uh, they've hired a new writer to do something. <laughs> something. Something. Other. No one really knows what, but uh, his name is Jay Basu or something. Maybe Basu or something. It's B-A-S-U. Yeah. He has four previous writing credits. He in, was, a, in a ten in ten year span, yeah, and he was a co-writer on all of them. Right. So he has no solo credits. Um, they all look like TV sci-fi movies, according to Tony. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, like I watched like clips or tra- and trailers from almost all of them, and they just they they look like sci-fi movies, really? like uh, like sci-fi channel movies. Fantastic. Yeah. So he has been hired to write something, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. But we can all but guarantee that this is going to be a disaster. Yeah, it it's kind of sounding now like they're just throwing a bunch of writers in a room and being like, okay, you stay there until you have 14 monster movies that somehow cross over and they're superheroes or something. And at no point can they say, hey, we should team up. <laughs> I thought we already decided that Samuel L. Jackson was playing Van Helsing and he was starting the Universal Monsters right. Project. <laughs> so, that's happening while we speak. They're in a room somewhere, eating pizza. Jacking each other off. Probably. be more interesting than whatever they're writing. Right. I'm so, tra- I'm trying not to chew my spice drops directly in the mic. Taylor is not making such effort. Fuck it. I don't care. I'm eating gumdrops. You got a problem with it? <laughs> Suck it. Um, I got nothing else to say about Mr. Basu. Yeah. yeah. This is just another part in just the sadness that has become the Universal Monster universe. has a new horror movie coming out of all directors he is not someone that I would ever picture to I will tell you that he was somebody I was hoping would never make a horror movie (laughs) um yeah like him and Tyler Perry fuck Tyler Perry could you imagine a Tyler Perry horror movie he would play all the victims (laughs) and he'd dress up like women but yeah Spike Lee has a new joint um, called Da Sweet Blood of Jesus. <laughs> da. <laughs> Not the. Da. <laughs> like German for yes. Or fuck da police. <laughs> um, the movie was financed by Kickstarter for $1.4 million. 
that's that's insane. Why I, would somebody give Spike Lee, a very successful director by all respect, one point four million dollars to make a fucking movie? Spike Lee probably pays one point four million dollars for his season tickets to the Knicks. Probably, like he could just sell those if he needed money. No, like we discussed before, I think he actually lives in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> I think he's kind of like the you know the Phantom of the Garden. Just kind of <laughs> swings from the rafters, and then when, when it's game time, he comes down courtside. He actually lives under the court, right, where he plays the organ. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> na, 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 na. Uh, this is actually a remake of a 1973 indie film called Ganja and Hess. Is that a stoner comedy? Or? It, I don't know. Who would name their kid Ganja? <laughs> it's like, hey, Ganja. Yahes! <laughs> what it is, man? I be from Jamaica, man. <laughs> I uh, slap at the bass. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fuck. Uh, Doss Wheat Blood of Jesus is a new kind of love story, one that centers on an addiction to blood that once doomed a long-forgotten ancient African tribe. When Dr. Hess Green, played by Stephen Tyrone Williams, is introduced, introduced to a mysteriously cursed artifact by an art curator, Lafayette Hightower, played by Elvis Nolasco, he is uncontrollably drawn into a newfound thirst for blood that overwhelms his soul. He, however, is not a vampire. Not a vampire. <laughs> Lafayette quickly succumbs to the ravenous nature of the infliction, but leaves Hess a transformed man. Soon Lafayette's wife, Ganja Hightower, played by Zara Abrahams, comes looking for her husband and becomes involved in a dangerous romance with Hess that questions the very nature of love, addiction, sex, and status in our seemingly sophisticated society. Mm-hmm. So, there's that. Tony cannot wait to see this. <laughs> He is a big fan of Spike Lee. I remember the first time I was forced to watch Do the Right Thing, and I swore off of Spike Lee then and there. Uh, Do you remember the In Living Color skit with Spike Lee? When he ran the store? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> please, baby, baby, please. Please, please, baby, baby, please, baby, baby, please. Please. <laughs> and then Rosie, the real Rosie Perez came in. <laughs> Mookie, when are you going to take care of your kids, all right? Um. So, this is a remake, like Taylor said. Uh, more recently, uh, Spike Lee did another remake, um, which was called Old Boy. Old Boy. Yes. Um, and for those of you that track things like this, that movie just bombed. <laughs> yeah, it did not do well. It was so bad. And so poorly executed, not even an actor like Josh Brolin, who's pretty highly regarded nowadays, uh, could save it. Um, so, Spike Lee, I think, has come to a point in his career where he just needs to stop. I'm kind of with you on that one, yeah. yeah. Uh, not that I ever liked it. <laughs> um, anyway... I thought of another director that I would never want to see do a horror movie. Who's that? Paul Feig. <laughs> He'd probably cast Melissa McCarthy. Tina Fey. Kristen Wiig. Anyway. 
Um, just dumb, dumb, dumb. Dum 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 dum. Uh, that's enough of this. Let's move <laughs> fuck this movie. Every time So back, I guess the beginning of this year. This, I, shit, excuse me. Uh, I look back; it was actually the first um, episode of this year, uh, and our first guest was Eric England, who directed the movie Con- uh, Contracted. Um, Semi recently, we kind of reached out to him a little bit, and because we heard a rumor about Contracted too, and he said at the time that it wasn't a thing, and wasn't really anything to report. Um, but it appears now that there is going to be a sequel. Uh, it's going to be called Contracted Phase 2. Um, according to Deadline, the sequel continues where Contracted left off, as newly infected Riley, who was played by Matt Mercer in the original, um, uh, scrambles to track down those responsible for the outbreak and discovers a larger conspiracy that threatens to infect the world. Now, if that doesn't sound dumb enough for you, <laughs> add to the fact that Eric England is not involved in the movie in any way, which is just a huge disappointment. Um, actually, I saw this personally, which brought the story to my attention in the first place, as somebody posted an article uh, regarding contracted to and said hey man I'm excited for you you know uh, good luck and he he said uh, I wish I could say thanks but I'm not involved this is just a typical quote smash and grab for money and hopefully he doesn't mind me saying that on the show Um, they've already got a new director for the sequel his name is Josh Forbes to his credit he has two shorts one music video and no features fun yeah so we have that to look forward to I mean at least you know Eric was obviously a new director when he made Contracted but at least he had Madison County under his belt um yeah England he said on his Facebook that he actually turned it down and then uh Najara Townsend who was the the lead actress actually turned it down as well well she I don't know how she would be in it. <laughs> well, according to Eric England, she she turned it down. So, um, this sounds like um, it's time to base the turkey. That's Excuse what it me. sounds like. We're gonna take a short break so Tony can baste. What do we have here? It's Castle Grayskull. And it's mine. Not so fast, Beastman. He-Man! You can pit He-Man against Beastman playing for the power of Castle Grayskull. You have to put the castle together. Beastman's escaping. The throne, Dad. Dad, you saved the castle. Castle Grayskull from the Masters of the Universe collection. He-Man and Beastman each sold separately from Mattel. Dude, that turkey's looking so fucking sexy. So juicy, dude. So juicy. Pretty sure we had this exact same conversation last year's episode. 
<laughs> well, at least we're consistent. Okay, uh, so we're back. Yeah. Um, and um, as I said, both Eric England and Ajara Townsend are not in it. I don't know, maybe there's going to be like some crossover or something where they would talked about the original. but Maybe. Um, I mean, obviously Riley, for those who have seen it, no, Riley was friends or acquaintances with um, Sam. Yes. So they're Najara Townsend's character. So, um, so like I said, uh, pretty, pretty green director. So we have that to looking forward to. Then on top of that, we have a first time writer writing the thing. Oh, great. Um, I think what's most disappointing about this is that Eric England had previously said that IFC had contacted him about doing a sequel, and he didn't want to, but he finally came up with a script that he really liked. Mm-hmm. So what happened to that? I, I don't know. They obviously had... I have to imagine they had some terms that he didn't... that he wasn't too keen on. So. Apparently they want to make this, like, the, a big, stupid zombie movie, like every other zombie movie, instead of having heart and soul like the first one did. Right. And, it, you know, I, I think I was starting to say this but I didn't finish but this is starting to remind me a lot of like Cabin Fever Patient Zero um England on his Facebook compared it to Troll 2 <laughs> I I guess he said you know you've made it when someone rips off your ideas <laughs> which of course was already done once already sure with this movie uh Berkshire County oh, right a slasher that wears a pig mask yeah I saw that <laughs> Don't know what the hell they were thinking. And that, that won an award. It won Best Horror Feature at... Uh, Something or other. Shriekfest. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, anyway, so our first-time writer is Craig Wallenziak. Um, like I said, <clears throat> no previous writing credits to his name... However, he was the winner of the 2014 Hollywood Horror Fest Best Unproduced Screenplay for his screenplay, The Devil's Hammer. So that's something. It's something. not much, but it's something. Um, as far as Contracted 2 goes, unsolicited uh, quote from Eric England per his <laughs> Facebook here. Definitely watch Contracted 2 for all the talent and hard work that will go into it. Just wait for Netflix to watch it so your money doesn't go into the greedy pockets of those pulling the strings. And I say this as someone that still owns back end on any Contracted film produced. Oh. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, so Get the Girl comes out next year. Right. And that is the one you should go see. Definitely. Uh, we would like to get him back on the show to talk I guess specifically about Get the Girl. And I'd like to hear some more of his thoughts on Contracted Phase 2. Well, sure, yeah. Um, this is actually already in production. Of course it so is. So they weren't wasting any time. Um, you know, I kind of wonder what England thinks about Matt Mercer, because I got the impression they were kind of buddies. Yeah. So for him to just jump onto the sequel that he wasn't... I have a feeling that's the reason he's saying go see it for the talent involved. It's our grapes. Uh, anyway, so this is just sad, especially because, you know, we have a special place in our hearts for him, and for him to just get ripped off like that, it's pretty sad, but anyway. Anyway, get the girl. Go see it. Do it. Derp. 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 Derp.
Here we go with this again. If you listen to our last episode, you'll remember that right at the very beginning, we called out AMC and The Walking Dead specifically for spoiling episodes on their social networks. Well, they went and did it again. And this time, they done fucked up big. They spoiled the dick out of this out of the mid-season finale. They revealed an absolutely major, major, major plot point, and they angered a lot of people. Pretty much everyone that wasn't on the East Coast. Yeah. Uh, as it, Taylor said last episode, they released a spoiler on all of their social networks right after the East Coast airing. It posted at 1025 Eastern Standard Time which is 25 minutes after the episode had ended. The problem with that is if you go to Central Standard Time, it's 9.25, which is right in the middle of the episode. (laughs) Go to Mountain Standard Time, that's 8.25. That's half an hour before the show starts. You come out here to Pacific Standard Time, that's 7.25. That is an hour and a half before the episode even starts. I couldn't have seen the episode if I wanted to yet. And yet I already knew how it ended. Yeah. They posted a big picture of the plot point. And in case the picture wasn't clear enough, they posted a caption that very clearly described what was happening in the mm-hmm. picture. Uh, you can tell we're being a little vague because unlike them, we're not going to spoil it for those of you that still haven't seen it. Which I don't think there are many. If, even if you haven't seen it, you probably know by now because you've probably heard this story. Mm-hmm. Um. On Facebook, AMC, very late to the party, came back with a pretty shabby apology, I think. On their Facebook, they said, We heard your feedback to last night's post, and we're sorry. With zero negative intent, which I believe. Yeah. I just think they were stupid. Uh, we jumped the gun and put up a spoiler. Please know we're going to work to ensure that in the future... Possible spoilers by official AMC social feeds are killed before they can infect, certainly before the West Coast broadcast of The Walking Dead. As always, thank you for watching and keep the comments coming. We appreciate all of your support. Hashtag RIP spoiler. Not good enough! Yeah. Apology, apology, not accepted. Um, AMC can go fuck themselves. Yeah, I have unfollowed all of their social networks. Yeah. Um, the worst part was they posted it on Facebook and then deleted it from Facebook, but still had the picture. So it was still in their pictures folder. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not delete it from Twitter, Google Plus, or Instagram. I hope somebody lost their job over this. That's, it's inexcusable it really is yeah and, and like i said it's not the first time yeah and this has been going on all season yeah and i mean you know they could take their apology and really stick it up their ass because yeah you apologize but you know what you already fucking ruined it for me yeah i just got around to watching the episode today because i just didn't fucking care yeah it is 
fucking... I, I don't know how they could have their heads so far up their ass to not realize that there was going to be this kind of backlash, especially because they... You know what's kind of irritating me is that, as you as we've said before, they keep spoiling him. This is not the first time, but this seems to be the first time that anybody's really noticed, except for us, obviously. Yeah, most of the time it's been very small things that you know aren't really that crucial to the story. Mm-hmm. But it's this just obnoxious. This was, like I said, a major plot point. Yeah, that's going to affect the rest of the series. Yeah, and um, they, and they what, fucked up. What angers me the most is that people were defending them. That people were saying, you know, like, oh, we'll just stay off social networks until you watch it. It's like, the problem is I haven't had a chance to watch it. I don't understand why I need to change my entire fucking internet usage because of one show that doesn't know how to use social media. Yeah. I'm not the one that doesn't know how to use social media. Yeah. And people are saying, oh, well, you know, uh, other people spoil things. And it's like, what what difference does it make if AMC does it? It's like... Uh, I don't know what kind of asshole friends you have, but I haven't seen a single fucking spoiler for Walking Dead since season one. See, I know which of my friends watch it, so I'll avoid their posts. I'll kind of maybe skim their post, and if I see the words The Walking Dead, I'll skip that post. Mm -hmm. I won't read comments that reply to something about The Walking Dead, because I know there might be spoilers in there. But when they post it, and it goes straight to my fucking news feed, it wasn't like it was just on their wall and I went to their page and saw it. It showed up in my news feed. Yeah, exactly. You couldn't avoid it. Exactly. And it's, you know, you don't expect that from the official page. When I texted you about it originally, had you seen it yet? I hadn't yet, no. Mm. But you saw it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty unavoidable. Yeah. Uh, What's uh, just sad and desperate is that fans have started a petition to basically retcon what happened. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What happened is pretty definitive. Mm -hmm. And uh, especially the way it happens. Right. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I've actually seen people suggest the dream sequence. All uh, Dallas. It was all a dream. (laughs) (laughs) You said what? what, Then it just pans over. There's Patrick Duffy taking a shower. Yeah. (laughs) Which would be awesome. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Um, anyway, yeah, that's just sad and desperate. It's like, guys, they fucked up, but, you know, move on. Yeah. Life goes on. They're not going to change what already happened because they spoiled it. Yeah. Uh, um, but, yeah, is that I just, I don't know. It better not happen again, but I've unfollowed them on every social network, so if it does happen again, I'll never know. Right. Except when other people start bitching about it. True. Uh, anyway. So, in related news, um, I'm sure you're all very well aware of. Uh, the Walking Dead companion series that is coming about. I am. Thank you, Taylor. Well aware. Uh, it's got a name now, but we don't know if it's a, the name of the actual series or if it's just the. It's been greenlit for a pilot, mm-hmm. not full series yet. Um, and we don't know if it's a series or the pilot that's named Cobalt. See, that doesn't sound like. The series name to me. 
that sounds like the name of an episode. Yeah, me too. Um, and it almost makes me wonder if maybe they're, <clears throat> excuse me, um, just that's like their filming name. That's also possible. I mean, because I'm wondering if they're just going to go like full CSI and just or NCIS and just be like The Walking Dead, Las Vegas. <laughs> that would be very expected. <laughs> So here's what we know about Cobalt so far. Um, it The pilot will be directed by Adam Davidson. It revolves around a male divorce teacher and a female guidance counselor. And, um, and the guidance counselor's two children. We know that Frank Delane will be playing uh, Nick. Um, what was the last name on that? Tompkins. And Aussie... Debnam Carey will be playing his sister Ashley Mm -hmm. and we also know that Cliff Curtis will be playing the uh, divorced teacher whose name is Sean Cabrera right Um, you know when we did our uh, kind of rundown of the characters there was mention of one character being Hispanic of one sort or another. I wonder if that's the character that Cliff Curtis is going to be playing. Cabrera, I would think so. I was telling you before, I've seen that guy play so many different ethnicities. Yeah. It's like he can play basically any race that has brown skin. (laughs) I've seen him play a Colombian. I've seen him play an Indian. I've seen him play, you know, some kind of Middle Eastern or like a Pakistani or, or something. He's multi-ethnic, I guess. Um, Yes. And then his name is Cliff Curtis. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the most white guy name. (laughs) We we don't know uh, where this is going to take place. We just know it's not going to be Atlanta. Right. And uh, it's the same zombie apocalypse as is happening in the the current Walking Dead. Not a different one. Not the one that happened, you know, 10 years ago. (laughs) Right. We've, we've all put that behind us. <laughs> We're going to focus on the present. Uh, this will start filming next year. Do we know March or something like that? Um, if we're looking for like an October release, you have to assume so, yeah. So, there's that. There um, is that. This, this article actually lists the official title as The Walking Dead Companion Series Cobalt. <laughs> I pray to God that's not it. <laughs> Yeah, fuck. Uh, we talked to you before about uh, the video game The Last of Us being converted into a movie. Um, and that was basically all we heard for a while now. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a while ago. Yeah, it wasn't the episode we had Max on? It was, yeah. yeah. Um, but, looks like maybe a little bit of progress has been made, at least maybe some reassurance that something is happening. Um, 17-year-old actress, um, Macy Williams, who you guys would probably know from Game of Thrones, 
Uh, she plays Arya Stark. Um, she's been kind of putting in her bid to play Ellie in the uh, the movie. I had a meeting with Sam Raimi and Neil Druckmann, says Williams. They said they'd love. They said they'd love if you would moderate the panel at Comic Con, but you'd need to watch the walkthrough and know your shit because there are massive fans of this, and we wouldn't want it to go wrong. I was doing so much work for Thrones that I didn't want to half arse it. That's what it says. So I said, I'm not going to moderate. She's a Brit. They said, fine, but they're going to announce they had talks. So the way it was left is they want me to do it, and I want to do it, but there's no script, no director, and no anything else. So at this moment, it's looking like it's looking like yes, but it's still such early days. If they make it in 30 years, they can't have a 40-year-old Ellie. So at the moment, it's looking good, and I'd love to do it. Hell yeah. So, um, so I mean, it looks like they have... And Ellie. Yeah. Uh, but they have no script, no director, no anything else. Right. Uh, no no Joel, obviously. At least to our knowledge. Um, and I guess uh, um, Macy was actually kind of a fan favorite, fan favorite and kind of fan nominated to play um, uh, Ellie. Uh, even, looks like even Ashley Johnson, who did the voice of Ellie in the game, kind of put in her... Hand, or you know, put her her uh, vote. stamp of approval. Yeah, that's that's the one. Um, in <clears> for <throat> Macy to play Ellie. So, oh, so neat. Um, there's that. Uh, yeah, Neil Druckmann, who is um, he actually wrote the script for the game, is penning the screenplay, and he will co-produce along with Evan Wells and Christoph Balestra, uh, game director Bruce Straley and Sam Raimi. Right, and this will be under Ghost House Production or Ghost House Pictures, excuse me. So, um, I, I mean, it sounds like there's at least movement. Yeah, I mean, this it sounds is, like that there's it's still in their mind. Yeah, I, I guess they're having good a news. panel about it, at right? Comic Con. So, so we'll see how this progresses. I'll give you any updates should we get any, and um, but that's all we got for you right now. Speaking of updates on things we talked about a long-ass time ago, uh, we discussed how there's going to be a television series based on The Omen coming to Lifetime. Right. And it appears that they have found their Damien. Uh, The Omen follows the adult life of Damien Thorne, who as a young adult is seemingly unaware of the dark forces that surround him. Haunted by his past, Damien inevitably discovers his true destiny in that he is the Antichrist, the most feared force in history. This version of Thorne has been described as a dark romantic anti-hero. Okay. I, I fucking knew they were going to do this. <laughs> um, but Damien will be played by Bradley James, who is from what? Uh, he was in the series Merlin. Uh, that's why he's wearing chainmail in this picture. Right. He's also blonde? Apparently. Which um, is wrong. Well, I mean, that can be fixed with dye, but, I mean... Can it? Can it be fixed? <laughs> it is an ailment. <laughs> I hate blonde people. Goddamn toehead. 
Uh, a lifetime game. It's not sh- true. I, I, gentlemen prefer blondes. <laughs> Apparently, um, so I'm told. <laughs> uh, lifetime gave a straight to series order for Damien, so they're not fucking around. Um, it's being brought to you by Glenn Mazzara, who's a familiar name. Yeah, he is a uh, showrunner for The Walking Dead. Right. And he is actually writing this. Yeah. Um, and EPing. Alongside Pancho Mansfield and Ross Feynman. Pancho. I am Sancho. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's... The series is going to be only six episodes. Right. Um, which is odd. I yeah, mean, it's very short. I don't watch Lifetime, so I don't know... As a rule. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, if this is any good, I might start. I mean, who the fuck knows? You'll you'll start watching Lifetime on a on a regular if this is good. Well, I'll watch this. It's like, oh, the Omen is good, so I'm going to watch this movie about Natalie Bertinelli <laughs> getting raped. Um, because that's every movie on Lifetime, right? <laughs> Natalie or uh, Valerie Bertinelli. <laughs> yeah, it's either her or Tiffany Emberthies in in every single Lifetime movie. <laughs> So this is set to debut sometime next year. Um, I am not very excited. I don't know. I'll give it a shot. I mean, the fact that Glenn Mazar is involved, he hasn't led Walking Dead astray yet. Um, so, we'll see. I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll give it a shot. I don't know. Yeah, you do that. I will. Um, yeah, that's going to wrap up horror business. That is going to wrap up horror business. That was that was a, a big one. That's what she said. <laughs> I was trying to think of something that wasn't just really setting you up, but I, that's I, I just couldn't do do it. Um. Anyway, so on to the reviews. Yeah, I guess so. So what do you want to do first? Um, let's do See No Evil 2. Breaking news of what police are referring to as a series of brutal murders. Well, there goes our quiet night. What are you doing? It's your birthday. Go out and, and celebrate. No, I'm more of a cake and cadavers kind of gal. Hey, this is the psycho that did it. Jacob Goodnight. Hello? Surprise! Happy birthday. What exactly happened? They just brought in the body. They got the killer, though, right? We got him on ice downstairs. Why'd you do it, big boy, huh? Cold? Yeah. Hot. Take my hand. Don't let go. Guys, you down here? Jacob, 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 good night. No, Jacob, good night is dead. Jacob, good night. He's not dead. Oh my god. Oh, he's really bad. I need to find the others. You're gonna get out of here alive. You're not so tough. I'm not running anymore. We really pissed him off.
All right, so See No Evil 2 from 2014 is the sequel to See No Evil. Oh, okay, okay. It is written by Nathan Brooks and Bobby Lee Darby. Darby. Did, which, did they write the first one? Do I know? don't fucking know. Look it up. God damn it. It is directed by Jen and Sylvia Soska, best known for American Mary. And their appearance on the Grave Plot Podcast. <laughs> best known for that. Um, live from Crypticon. <laughs> so, this movie is about Jacob Goodnight. Who? No, Dan Madigan wrote the first one. Oh, all right. Fuck that guy then. <laughs> uh, this movie, despite being released eight years later, takes place on the same night as the original. Right. Jacob Goodnight is brought into the morgue after slashing up some people. Yeah, it's like they kind of they somehow discovered basically the massacre that happened in the first movie and they started bringing in all the bodies because well, they heard it on the radio right which by the way the radio broadcast referred to him as the uh god's hand killer mm-hmm. did they call him that in the first one not to my recollection i haven't seen the movie in a long time because that is what they called the killer in frailty mm. which was interesting that which they just another bad movie <laughs> You don't know anything about anything. <laughs> Bill Paxton is amazing. <laughs> he was he was crucial to it. He he was clutch. Shit, the original is from two thousand six. Holy dick balls. We can't spoil it. Even though we kinda just did by saying that they brought him to the morgue. Fuck but. it, movie sucks anyway. <laughs> um So uh shit, I forgot all the characters' names. Amy, played by Daniel Harris. It is her birthday. She is an employee at the morgue. And she was going to leave early, but then they start wheeling in all these bodies and she realized they need her help, so she stays. And so her friends bring the party to her, to the morgue. Where else would you want a party? It's a dead man's party. <laughs> yeah, this that's what this movie was missing. It was Oingo Boingo, man. Every movie is missing Oingo Boingo except for Weird Science. <laughs> And back to school. Of course. <laughs> I'm sure Dead Man's Party is in something, too. It's in back to school. Oh. Okay. Uh, but her best friend, Tamara, played by Catherine Isabel, a.k.a. American Mary. Mary. Yep. The titular Mary. <laughs> and, uh, and her friend, Kayla, who is one of the Bayou Beavers from Hatchet. No, she isn't. She's not? Nah. Where do I know her from, then? I don't know. She looks familiar, but that's not her. Oh, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Final Destination 3. Oh, those. She's been in movies that I've seen. I just don't... Three episodes of How I Met Your Mother. Hmm. Uncredited. I'm sure it was Tucker and Dale is probably where I recognize her. Um, all right. Well, anyways, and uh, her brother, who is named something, Chad. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and no, it was uh, it was Will. Okay. Um, Will Chad. Did did you 
notice the hyphenated. <laughs> Wait, Will Chad or Chad Will? Because Chad Will sounds like it could be someone's name. <laughs> Let's go with that. All right. Um, did you notice the underlying um, uh, incestualness that Chad Will was displaying? It was a little weird. Like he, uh, I have two siblings. I've never been that defensive of either of them. Well, not only that, when he was talking to Kayla, she was like trying to get in his pants, and he's just like. I, you know, it's you're like a sister to me, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, you're like a sister to me. Bang, 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 and bang. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's funny that he, she puts her hand on his leg, and he's like, Kayla, come on, stop, stop, don't, don't, and then she just like goes in for it, and he's just into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that guy's willpower is like non-existent. His Chad willpower. <laughs> Uh, copyright. I was gonna say, are you looking for something to write that down? Yeah. That's how you looking around. You're like, write that down. Chad Willpower. Yeah, we got to remember that. Hashtag. <laughs> um, and then Tamara decides she wants to go see Jacob Goodnight's dead body and mount it because she's freaky. Like she that. is freaky deaky. <laughs> and then uh, her and her boyfriend. Um, her- her 12-year-old girl boyfriend <laughs> with a beard, with a painted-on beard. They they start banging right next to the body. Bang, 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 Because, yeah, because she is into just weird, weird serial killers and yeah, murders. And... She, like, researched G- Jacob Goodnight, like, in depth. Yeah. Man, I don't remember the first one well enough. Was he, like, a legend of some sort? I how... don't think so. Okay. So... Maybe she just heard it on the radio. The report of all the killings. And she became an expert an hour ago? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't have the answers. Um, then Jacob comes back to life. Yeah, uh, inexplicably. They never really explain yeah. why or how or... Something I didn't remember, but they showed in this, was he got a fucking pipe in his head. Yeah. Took out his eye and most of his occipital... Region. Region. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he fell through a glass roof. And onto some rebar. And then a dog peed in his eye socket. Did that happen? That really happened. Okay. <laughs> it was during the credits. So oh. you may have been like, well, fuck, this movie's over. <laughs> Can't turn God. it off fast enough. <laughs> yeah, during the credits, there's a scene where a dog comes and pisses in his eye socket. And many people were like, that wraps up the movie right there. That is a <laughs> metaphor for the entire movie. <laughs> Except his eye is my open mouth. <laughs> And the P is the movie. The P and the dog is WWE Studios. <laughs> and then from there, it's typical slasher fodder. Pretty much. Just yeah, I mean, Jacob they, just picking off fools. One by one. Um, and he's got all kinds of weapons at his disposal. But he's also got his trademark hook and chain. Somehow. Yeah. I'm, apparently they brought him in with that. 
Apparently they have meat hooks in a morgue. And weird serrated machetes. Yeah, what the hell was that about? I don't know. He opens up this cabinet with a bunch of, you know, seemingly medical-looking tools. But there's just this machete-looking thing with a hooked end and, like, a serrated edge. It's like... What the fuck practical use does that have? Yeah, I was expecting more like bone saws and yeah. stuff like that. But yeah, that was that was kind of his tool of choice. Yeah, was that weird machete thing? Yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, the story is really really thin. It is very thin. Um, um I mean, it's not as bad as the first one where. It felt like all the characters were just disposable characters. Mm-hmm. This one at least gives the characters a little more depth. Right. Um, but I will say I'm a little disappointed. I am too. And it's... I I've, I don't want to discredit the Sasuke sisters because I don't think the movie was directed poorly. No, I think the movie is beautifully shot. Yeah. I think the colors and the lighting are fabulous. And yeah, even like the camera angles and um, just the way it's presented, you know, all the things that a director would be responsible for uh, are pretty well done. It's just the story itself. Yes. That was just 100% concurrent. Dog shit. <laughs> Or dog piss. Dog <laughs> there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All in all, I was pretty disappointed. Yeah, I think maybe I did have higher hopes than I probably should have. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did because I disliked the original so much. And one thing I didn't like is that they flashed back to the original multiple times. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I, it felt like they... I thought, at least, that they wanted to kind of distance themselves from the original... Yeah. But then they're just flat out taking scenes from the original and putting them in this movie. Right. So it seemed kind of awkward to me. Yeah. Um, you know, something that they, the Saskas actually told us at Crypticon is they wanted to make Jacob more iconic. Mm-hmm. Did, did, you, th- did you think they did that? Yes. With his Kareem Abdul-Jabbar mask. But more iconic as relative I still don't think that it's a look that defines him no I, I liked the butcher apron although that just reminded me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre sure and then yeah the, <clears throat> it was just this windshield mask that just again what is the point of that like what? why is that in a medical I know people wear them for broken noses and stuff but this one's a little different well that 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 mask in particular um, is actually used for burn victims to kind of hold their face in place. Oh, okay. Um, and they actually, I think it was maybe one of the victims from the first movie who had a burned face. I don't recall. Um, but they brought him in, and he was wearing that mask, and they took it off and set it aside. Why Jacob put it on, I don't know, other than to just hold that gauze that was over his eye hole. I feel like they could have done something more with that. Yeah. Like, you have him, you know, have some kind of mask that goes over his eye or even an eye patch, something. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I, like I said, it's better than the first, but that's like saying getting punched in the face is better than getting kicked in the balls. Sure. It's all relative. Um, yeah, I, I think, 
like I said, the characters were more flushed out in this one. Um, you cared about the characters a little more, whereas in the first one you kind of wanted them all to die. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there's like no explanation of why Jacob comes back. There's, and they, in the first movie, his big thing was that he gouged out everyone's eyes, mm-hmm. which see no evil makes sense. Completely gone in this one. He does it once. He did it once. Which almost felt like it was more of an homage than actually being like his thing. Yeah. Um, yeah is. Which, by the way, I found <laughs> out the original title for the part one was the I Scream Man. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wonder who's responsible for that one. Um, Kevin Dunn. Oh, I was the same Vince McMahon. Max will get that joke. I don't know. Kevin Dunn is the head writer for the WWE. Ah, okay. Uh, anyway, so yeah, like you said, this is pretty um, by the numbers for most of the movie. Um, there's a little bit of a well, kind of a, a couple twists at the end. Yeah, different places. Well, it, it seems like the movie kind of ends a couple different times. Yeah. Um, Another thing I was disappointed with is I I don't feel like there was enough. The 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 kills weren't de- defined. Like you know when I watch a, a slasher movie that's that's you know granted you don't expect a lot of story from a slasher movie, mm-hmm. but you expect some interesting looking kills, and I don't feel like they're like they were in this one. Yeah. Um, My favorite one was when the one character got up and tried to run. And uh, they tried to run past Jacob, and he just took that machete thing and just swung it backwards. Mm-hmm. Although, in theory, that probably should have taken their head clean off, and it didn't. Well, it didn't catch it all the way. Oh, did it not? Yeah, it just kind of went, like, halfway. Oh, okay, well, that makes more sense then. Um, I think my issue with probably both of these movies is just Jacob Goodnight as a character. They tried it like, as we mentioned, they tried to make him more iconic, um, make him more like, you know, Jason, and by completely ripping off his backstory, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, but you know, try to make him more like Jason, like more like Leatherface, more like Michael Myers. The only thing is, is that. His backstory is too defined, and he has too much personality to pull that off. He's too human, as opposed to where you can think of those others more like monsters. Yeah, that um, makes sense. I mean, like, you know, Michael Myers... You almost feel bad for him. Sure, to to an extent. But, like, like Michael Myers in, in the first Halloween... His name was, or his, like, in in the credits, he was just listed as the figure. And, I mean, that was, like, a perfect name, I think, because it dehumanizes him, turns him into just a figure. Yeah. And I think that's something that just the nature of Jacob Goodnight, that might be hard for them to achieve. That kind of status where he's just something that stock like something rather than someone yeah so that was kind of my stance and I think that you know I was thinking about that watching this 
and kind of reflecting back on what I what I remember of the first one. I think that might have been my overall issue with Jacob Goodnight. Makes sense. Um, I, I, the thing that disappoints me too is that Kane is such a perfect person to play this kind of character. He's not a good actor, though. Well, he's not. But I mean, but he's seven feet tall. He's a big, bald, buff guy. He's yeah. like you could slap a hockey mask on him, and he'd make a great Jason. I think he might be a little big for Jason, but I, I see your point. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but I mean, he's a incredibly menacing figure. Sure. Yeah, he's got that quality. Yeah. And just uh, yeah, I mean, it's just Jacob is not the right avenue, I guess. Yeah. Um, anything else to say? I feel like the end didn't have enough of a twist. Okay. Because, I mean, like most horror movies, and especially slashers, there's always that last scare. Yeah. And this didn't have that. I think it was implied, and maybe it just didn't really I think it happened too early. And then there was still more story after that, and it was like, I don't need this. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I feel like they could have end the movie earlier and it would have been more impactful and it, it just the way it ended just felt tacked on I guess mm-hmm. um, but yeah I, I really I uh, you know I give credit to Jen and Sylvia because it's it is a well shot movie mm-hmm. um, I just feel like the story is just way too paper thin and way too um, way too easy, I guess. At points, yeah. If that makes sense. Um, so I think I, I'll give it a three. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that I'll rate it quite that low. Pretty close, though. I mean, I think I'll probably, I'll, I think I'll say four. See, I was leaning towards four, but then I don't know. It's because. The the visuals were executed well. It was mainly just the story that sucked. Yeah, everything about everything else about it was pretty good, and the acting is good too. Well, yeah, I mean, I the, I love Catherine Isabel in this movie. Yeah, she, that, that's like a perfect character for her. I think I it's think. like almost comic relief. Yeah, but it's not to the point where it's like cheesy. Yeah, it's just she's just like over the top and just emotional to every extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then you know Daniel Harris, who's kind of making her bones in Hollywood. Yeah, um, and uh, the guy that played um, uh, shit, what was his name? Seth, like Kaj Eric Erickson. Yeah, he wasn't too bad. Yeah, um, he's from something. I'm actually going to change my vote to a four now that I think about it. Okay, I mean that, like I said, that was my original thought but i don't know something pulled me back but now mm-hmm. i'm 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 gonna stick to my guns anyway so yeah he, it, it um oh he was in mary kate and ashley in action oh you know that that's it that's the one and one episode of home improvement <laughs> <laughs> anyway so yeah um i guess four is all around then four is for everyone that's two per twin right they're worth more than that yeah they're priceless. And they made a bit of a cameo there in the beginning of the Yeah, movie. in the very beginning. I would have liked to see more of them in it, because they're 
like their characters in American Mary they were just so weird. Yeah. Like, it was it was good and it was nice to see them on screen and so I would just like to see more of them other than like the 20 seconds they were on screen in this. Yeah. Well, I mean, this movie has definitely like assured my faith in them as directors and I would like to see the next thing that they actually write. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, this movie was leaps and bounds um, executed better than the first one. Like, you can, stylistically, you can tell like there's an extreme difference. This one was shot more like the kind of dark... Gritty. Almost, no, not gritty. <laughs> um, it, it, it was just like, it had a certain elegance to it, kind of like American Mary did, um, as opposed to the first one where it was, it was just like that dark and gritty bullshit. Like, it, it seemed almost like it was ripping off Saw in, in The first one almost feels like it's a parody. Yeah. In that it's just, like, over the top and just... Yep. Anyway. Their next movie is not something that they're writing either, so... And it's another WWE film, so... But it's got fucking Dean Kane? <laughs> fucking Dean Kane? Anyway, um... Who I just recently discovered, I have the same birthday as. Oh, yeah? Yep. Dean Kane and M. Shadows. Well, all right. <laughs> uh, okay, so... That's all for See No Evil 2. We'll move on to the next movie, which is Dead Snow 2. Red versus Dead. Martin, can you hear me? Are you there? Things came from the snow. Nazis. The little Nazi creatures came up from the earth. When we found you, your right arm was ripped off. We found your arm in the car. The operation was a success. Is this the zombie squad? Martin, these are not your textbook zombies. These are cursed zombies, awakened to complete a task given to them. We will take care of this... We are professionals. Looks like we're going to Norway. It's time to go hunting. That was farther than usual. What do the creatures want? Revenge. Here they are. They have a tank, I see. That can't be good. Your arm, your power. This is how we defeat them. We create an army of our own. No, 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 no. That's disgusting. Let's finish this. USA! USA! Oh. 
So, Dead Snow 2, Red vs. Dead, filmed by Tommy Brickilla. Um, it's a Norwegian film. Uh, obviously a sequel of the original Dead Snow. Um, it picks up pretty much immediately after the first one ended. Um, Martin has made it through down the mountain, through the woods, after his... To grandmother's house we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he made it to his car, and he's getting ready to take off. <clears throat> after giving General Herzog and his men their gold. So, you know, you think, okay, give them what they want, and they'll leave me alone. Well, Martin gets to his car and comes to discover that he still has one of the coins. And, of course, you can't slip anything old by Colonel Herzog. Um, so it leads to this, basically, high-speed dash in a car with Martin trying to basically shake Colonel, Herz- or Colonel Herzog off of his car um, and gets basically sideswiped by a... Um, semi-truck. It was a semi- okay, I, it looked like a bus from the front. So I kept messing it up in my head. Anyway, so yeah, he gets hit by a semi truck and rips General Herzog away from his arm, <laughs> which falls into the passenger seat of the car. Um, in his celebration, Martin loses track of the road and crashes his car. Um, he wakes up in a hospital, handcuffed to the bed. Because the police suspect him of murdering all of his friends. Which, why wouldn't you? Well, yeah, only survivor. Right. Um, but there's good news. When they found him, he was in the snow, uh, which kept him and his severed arm very well preserved. And they were successfully able to reattach it. Now... For those of you following at home, <laughs> Martin left his arm up on the mountain. So the arm in his car was was that of Colonel Herzog. So they attach a zombie arm to Martin, and he comes to discover that it has superhuman strength. He breaks out of his bed um, and is ultimately sedated. Actually, he, he kills the doctor. Mm-hmm. And a couple police guys, or like one or two policemen, before he's sedated and strapped down to the bed. <clears throat> uh, later on, he's actually released by a kid who's sneaking around the hospital. And an American kid was he an American? He spoke English. Sure. Well, I, we watched different versions, so it's hard to tell. Oh, because um, you watched the. Norwegian version with subtitles and mm-hmm. I watched the English version so uh, it was, I guess it was hard to tell you know people who had didn't have very thick accents anyway <clears throat> um, so he escapes from the hospital and contacts the zombie squad an American crew of zombie hunters led by Martin Starr. 
whose character's name was Daniel, along with apparently his sisters. Um, unless maybe they were sisters. I didn't get any of that. Right, that's just what I'm reading. Yeah, there, I didn't. There was no communication made that they were siblings. No, not at all. But anyway, so yeah, Martin Starb is Daniel. He's the leader of the zombie squad, along with Monica and Blake. Shh. Shut up. Uh, so Martin contacts them and basically tells them exactly what's happening. And so they are off to Norway. <laughs> From there, among superhuman strength, Martin discovers that his new arm also has the power to raise the dead, which is also a power that the colonel has himself, obviously. Because he still has one good hand. Right, but colonel, the colonel gets a new arm to replace the severed one. Was it Martin's arm? That was the impression I was under. Okay. I wasn't sure. But yeah, I guess they never really do explain. Well, yeah, I mean, because even in the version I was watching that was entirely English, the um, the Nazi zombies, they all spoke German. And also, I mean, aside from being German, or speaking German, their voices were also distorted. So it was very hard to even make out, you know, one or two words. Um, anyway. So... Martin is trying to figure out why the zombies are still after him. They got all their gold back. He doesn't know why they're still, you know, seemingly after him, you know, after they're out to just kill people, basically. And he just discovers that 70 years ago, during World War II, they were actually on a special mission um, to kill everyone in a in a town... I don't remember what the town's name started was. Started with a T. Started with a T. Turlock. Whatever it was, it translates to Flintstone. All right. I know that because the subtitles kept going in and out, alternating between the name of the town and saying Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, the version I watched was weird because I don't think these were official subtitles. It seemed that way. Um a lot of times it seems like the words were jumbled and are not properly translated and there was subtitles when people were speaking English because like the zombie squad was all Americans they spoke English Mm -hmm. but there were still subtitles and they didn't match what they were even saying right so that was weird yeah (laughs) yeah I mean like I said like the version I watched was entirely in English except for of course the German um, zombies Yeah, like I mean, even even the Norwegian people with really heavy accents, they were still speaking English. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so uh, Martin discovers that their plan is to basically wipe out this town, and so he and the zombie squad um, are trying to come up with a plan to counter that. And that's more or less the the plot. Yeah, and the police are after Martin. Right. Because not only because he escaped from the hospital, but also when they, they find all the people that the Nazi zombies killed and they think Martin yeah, I mean, is it, responsible. Yeah, in their eyes, he's basically a serial, serial killer. killer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, there's all that action going on. 
Yeah. Um, so I wonder where the hell they got Martin Starr. <laughs> like, what made them go for him? I don't know. I really have no idea. <laughs> I mean, it was per- he was a he was perfect for the role. Um, He's kind of a badass. A little bit, yeah. And it's funny because the the zombie squad, you know, they don't have any expertise because obviously zombies aren't real. Other than watching a lot of movies. Yeah. Like yeah. he even says in the, in the movie. Yeah, he says, I've seen, you know, thousand, you know, or a million zombie movies or however, whatever he said. And it's funny because that part in particular seemed like they're making kind of a wink, uh, you know, winking a nod to the first movie saying... You created a, or he's like, I've never seen anything like this before. You've created a whole new genre, man. Yeah, and it's like because Dead Snow was obviously like the first of this zombie or Nazi zombie um, genre that's yeah. kind of come about in the last few years. So, um, and it's funny that I didn't realize, like, I had no idea why this movie was called Red versus Dead until I watched it, and even then, not even until about halfway in. <laughs> yeah, I. I don't know if saying why is a spoiler or not. I mean, it's part of the plot, but... i just go ahead. Okay, well, basically, <clears throat> their research reveals to them that 70 years ago, General Herzog's battalion um, captured and essentially enslaved a... Um, a squad of uh, Russian soldiers and made them leave railroad track or something like that. I don't something I, like that. Yeah, it made, basically made them do you know slave labor um, up in the mountains, and then once they were done, they were all executed. So they figured, how do we fight a group of zombies? Like, oh well, we'll make our own group of zombies that have a particular grudge against these zombies. Yep. So, Martin uh, and Daniel go up into the mountains to find where... Actually, I should go back and say that there's um, a certain plot point where General Herzog goes to a cemetery, tries to raise an army of the dead, and none of them come back. And while I couldn't understand the German doctor, (laughs) couldn't understand what he was saying... Um, when he pulls a skeletal arm up out of the ground and basically pointing at it and, you know, shaking it, it implies that, oh, these bodies are basically dust. You can't bring them back to life. They're just far too damaged. Um, and so Herzog goes into the church and kills the priest, but then brings him back to life. So he can bring back relatively fresh bodies. Okay. Now jump forward back to when they're trying to resurrect these Russian soldiers they've been in the snow up in the mountains for 70 years so they've been fairly well preserved so that's their kind of science to bringing them back to life and um, Daniel makes a point to say that you know there's no virus this is not a contractable thing uh, in the common respect I mean a, a bite and scratch and things like that they don't transfer the virus yeah um in order to become a zombie you basically have to be killed and then brought back to life through some kind of magic right and daniel basically says that oh well you know we're not dealing with these classic zombies you know these zombies are cursed rather than infected um 
So that's something that is not seen very often in today's zombie movies. It's always uh, an outbreak of some sort. Right. So. Um, and then they have this big battle that's like in a yard, basically. Yeah. It's <laughs> like. Okay. So I should say that uh, Herzog and his battalion, they basically uh, invade this World War II museum that's very conveniently placed. <laughs> um, while Martin is conveniently there. <laughs> Um, they kill uh, two tour buses worth of tourists and bring them back to life and create their zombie army. And then they also just kind of hop inside this 70-year-old tank that, for whatever reason, hasn't been decommissioned and just fires up like a charm. <laughs> I like the part where they're refueling the tank. Where they siphon the gas? <laughs> Through a guy's intestines? Yeah. That was good. Um, there is a lot of things in this movie. And I mentioned this before to you. Um, you have to have a certain suspension of disbelief in order to like this movie. Yeah. There's a lot of things in it that, I mean, aside from zombies, of course, but there's a lot of things in it that are just like, oh, yeah, right, come on. Uh, particularly <laughs> a 70 year old tank just firing up like a sports car. Right. Um, so they get just armed up with, you know, old, like, mil uh, German military guns. And I saw them pick up like those, like those stick grenades that the Germans used, mm -hmm. um, all kinds of shit. And basically they discover that, like I said, they're on their way to destroy this town like they were 70 years ago. And so Martin and his Russian zombie crew basically stop him there at the front of the town and say, you know, sorry, nobody's here. So go home. We're just, just going to kill you now. <laughs> and that's what he does. Uh, there's just, yeah, it was actually pretty cool. And, you know, as much as we sh talk shit about like running zombies and, you know, fast moving zombies, I was kind of okay with this. Me too. I don't know if it's like if it's because of the, the magic thing that it's just like it's a whole different kind of zombie that I was able to buy into it, and which in turn made me actually retroactively like the first one more. Yeah, yeah. I I like the original Sino Evil. I haven't seen the original Sino. Dead Snow I was gonna say, in a while. I was going to say, you just talked about how much you hated the first Sino Evil. No. <laughs> um, still hate it. But um, I haven't seen the original Dead Snow in quite a while, but I seeing this and enjoying it so much made me like kind of dust off my old memories and be like, that movie was pretty badass. But for me, it was just like, like knowing things that this movie explained while watching the first one, if I did watch it again, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm okay with this now. Yeah, right. Whereas the first time around, I was like, no, <laughs> no, that's stupid. <laughs> you were that guy. <laughs> um, anyway. I'm always that guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, and this battle, this is just this battle royale through... But it's in just like a field, like it's... And yeah. there's houses around. Yeah, it's, it's like you said, it's like in this neighborhood, I mean, what you might consider... 
probably what's close to a Norwegian suburb, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like you said, it was like somebody's backyard. <laughs> um, but it was badass. It was like, um, I, I did find it odd that all these people just kind of knew how to fight now. I mean, especially, um, what are their names? Um, Monica and Blake. They they were badass too. They were they were pretty kick ass chicks. Um, and then Glenn, of course, who was <laughs> the the gay proprietor of the um, World War Two museum, <laughs> but he never actually says he's gay. It's implied that he's about to right, and he does say that there's was someone special, a certain man, I mean, I mean woman, woman. <laughs> with long hair and. Big, big breasts. breasts. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, but it's funny they're all all of them are just like really badass and know how to fight, even though they're total dorks. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Survival instinct, man. Yeah, and I loved. Um, uh shit! What was the the Russian? The big guy? Yeah, the Russian commander or whatever he was. Yeah, he was a monster. Yeah, but he was he he does the thing that's it's so cliche, but I love it every time I see it. Just walking through a battlefield, killing off one guy at a time. With one arm. What with one arm. Yeah, but he's just he's always going towards his target. Yeah. Like he's he's making his way to Herzog. Um and it, like every time I see that in a movie, it's just I think it's so badass. It doesn't really matter who it is. <laughs> Anyway, um, so this movie, this movie was a lot of fun, I thought. It was. I had a lot of fun watching yeah. this movie. <laughs> I, I didn't, ex- I, I thought it was going to be really goofy. I like, and, one of my favorite parts is when Martin leaves the um, museum and there's just like a couple of random zombies hanging around and he looks at his uh, zombie arm and he's mm-hmm. like, let's see what this can do. And just grabs the chicken, throws her like <laughs> 60 feet. And yeah, it seems like at the beginning, and well, I, to an extent, maybe through the entire movie, um, he has very tenuous control over his arm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, when he's first walking into the World War II museum, some guy like kind of sh- doesn't really shoulder check him, but just kind of bumps into him. Like he whips around, and the arms like trying to grab the guy, <laughs> and Martin's like holding it back. Um, and uh, but that part where he says, "Let's see what this can do." Like he goes, he runs out, he starts fighting zombies. He grabs one, throws it up against the tour bus, and just pops his head like a pimple <laughs> with his fist. He's just like, ah! <laughs> uh, <laughs> like the the next zombie just reaches in their chest, pulls out their heart, and then just smashes it against the bus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's this one. Unfortunate tourist that becomes basically Martin's pet because he he brings him back to life. But the first time he does it, he doesn't realize he has that power, and so he immediately kills it. Or no, Daniel does. Daniel kills it. Right. You just see the hatchet come flying from off screen and hit him in the face. Well, no. What he actually he brought him back to life, freaked out, looked like karate chopped him on the top of the head. Oh yeah, and he goes down. But then he realizes what he can do and brings it back to life again. Then Daniel, yeah, throws a hatchet in its head and it goes down again. 
They just keep bringing him back. Yeah. They keep killing him and bringing him back yeah. over and over throughout the movie. And I'm pretty sure he's just credited as sidekick zombie. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he doesn't, like, groan like a zombie. He's like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, a, like a pet or a dog or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's like he's a fucking zombie, but you just feel bad for him. Yeah, because <laughs> he does get taken out by a tank at one point, and uh, but he just keeps coming back for more. Yep, <laughs> he's very dedicated. <laughs> he's dedicated to his work. Um. Anyway, so anything else to say? I don't think so. All right, I think we covered it. Okay, well, um, like I said, I had a lot of fun watching this. This is definitely a recommend. Yeah. Uh, um, for me, and and I don't feel like you have to see the first one to get this movie. Not really. No, I mean, because it covers covers what you need to know from the first one pretty yeah. well. Um, that's not to say I don't recommend seeing the first one, or don't don't not recommend. Double negative. Yeah, I know. you're off the show. <laughs> Fired. Ah, fuck. Anyway, great movie. Um, this would probably be something I'd actually watch again um, and recommend to a lot of people. Like you said, it's, it does well enough on its own to just even just be a standalone movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the direction and feel of it was different than the first one. Was it? Same director. Well, this was more definitely more of... Um, it had more comedy. It, that that was that was it. It was more of an action comedy rather than like just a straight action slash zombie movie. Yeah, I, I would put this on par with maybe like things like Shaun of the Dead, except a little more action oriented. Yeah. Anyway, so that being said, I am going to give this movie an eight. I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. No elaboration? Um, I, I agree with everything you said, but I think apparently just to a lesser extent. Okay. I still had a lot of fun watching it. I was, like, cracking up. Even at parts that, like, weren't really comedy. Mm-hmm. But just, like, there was just fight scene stuff, and I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, the end was just like... Uh, something very disturbing happens. And oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so keep an eye out for that. And, and watch through the credits. There is a stinger after the credits. So, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Um, anyway, so, yeah. Um, I guess that's all for us. Yeah. We got turkey to eat. All right. Um, be sure to check us out uh, in two weeks. We're working on an interview. Um, we don't want to commit to it yet because we haven't done it yet. So we'll just leave room for error. Hopefully Santa Claus brings us an interview. Right. Uh, it should be a fun one if it, you know, assuming it does happen though. So. Right. Anyway, uh, yeah. Keep, uh, keep an ear out for that in a couple weeks. Um, next episode will be our Christmas special. Right. Where we will be reviewing, um, rare imports and, Silent, Silent Nights. Um, and yeah. Yeah. So head to graveplotpodcast.com. Enter the contest to win yourself a free t shirt. Um, listen to every episode for free. Uh, follow us on all the different social networks. 
And uh, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, we're going to get out of here. We're going to eat some fucking dinner and party. Fucking party. Um, yeah. So until next time, I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all, all just a little, little dead, dead inside. inside.